Good morning. Glad to see you all this morning. As Raz mentioned, my name is Jamie. If you don't know me, I serve as one of the elders and pastors here. And uh, there's something really good and right about beginning the new year in the presence of the triune God. Can I get an amen to that? There's something really good and right about that. You know, and it's a season where... A lot of people are evaluating their goals for the year. A lot of people are focused on, okay, I'm going to get some stuff done this year, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be focused. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going I'm to major on the majors. I'm going to make sure that what I'm about in 2022 is this stuff that I want to get done. And there's a lot of talk of uh, even looking back at the previous years and kind of uh, saying, oh, man, I, I didn't get this done. I didn't get this done. I didn't get this done. Oh, there was kind of a stinky year. This happened, this happened. This is going to be the year. I'm going to do it. And honestly, I feel a lot of that is pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. Are y'all hearing me this morning? I think a lot of that is a lot of flesh. Because the truth of the matter is, Abba is the goal in 22, just like he was last year. And Jesus is worthy of our intentional worship today, just like he was last year and the year before and 2,000 years before and an eternity before that. And it's funny. Sometimes we lose perspective because we're looking at the wrong things. I was just reminded just as we were worshiping In heaven right now, there are a myriad of heavenly beings, and they are not confused as to what is the most important thing in their life. They're not confused. They're not wondering. They're not trying to come up with game plans. They're not trying to be more intentional about this year. You know what they're saying? Holy, holy, holy. Actually, they're going like this. They're covering their faces. They're covering their feet because the one in whom they dwell in his presence is so glorious that they can't even look upon him. Hmm, That was bright. So today is uh, the first Sunday of the new year. And we're just talking through what is the Father saying to us as a church family for this year? And these are four priorities that uh, we've really discussed earlier last fall, but they are priorities again for us in 2022. And so I'm just going to talk through these priorities, and I'm going to give us a chance in between each of them to ask questions, share anything that you're sensing, anything that you want to share as we go through these four priorities. Uh, And then we're going to pray for each of these as we move through them. And then uh, we're going to finish the service dedicating uh, our lives, our family, this church, uh, all of 2022. We're going to be dedicating that to the triune God, to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So that's the plan. That sound good? Okay. I've already sort of been preaching the first (laughs) priority in my time here. Um, 
and show us who you are. The elders, the staff, uh, leadership of the church have been meeting. We've met, we met, it felt like, for months just seeking the Father. Father, what are you saying? What are you saying for MCC? We have a lot of ideas, uh, but we want your ideas. His, he said, first priority is this statement, show us who you are. That is our family saying to God, show us who you are. We want to see you more than we want to see anything else. Obviously, that comes from Exodus 33. Moses, who has just seen one of the most spectacular rescue missions that has ever been, greater than any movie you have ever seen, Moses sees this amazing rescue mission taking one entire people group out of a superpower, saving them, rescuing them, and plopping them safely in another place. He saw amazing things that most of us have never seen. He saw miracles like we have never seen. He saw the, the presence of God in a way. He, the Bible says that he looked at God face to face, this Moses. And still, Exodus 33, Moses is praying and he goes, show me more of you. Show, show me your glory. And you've got to ask the question, didn't you already see his glory? He split the sea in half. I mean, come on, Moses. Seems a little much. You want more? And he's like, yes. Yes. So whatever you saw of the Father moving in your life in 2021, let me encourage you, ask him for more. Ask him for more. So that's the first priority. Show us who you are. Like as a church family, we want to be the kind of family that is in, in intentional pursuit of the triune God. Not if we get around to it in 2022. N not if it works out. Not if my schedule makes it such that I could, but an intentional pursuit of the glory and presence and person who is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Scripture that I have for us this morning in my Bible reading program as I was prepping, um, obviously I was finishing up the Bible, it was in the book of Revelation, and I was shocked again. When you read the book of Revelation, the entire book of Revelation is about this struggle for worship. Regularly, it's regularly throughout the text. The book of Revelation is about a struggle for worship. You have God, who's worthy of worship, and then you have the beast who's coming, who's, who's trying to get worship for himself. Like, like, Literally, the separation of God's people and not God's people are the people who worship God and the people who worship something else. So the book of Revelation is describing. And there's this one scene in Revelation 4. The throne room in heaven. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, full of eyes all around and within Day and night. Somebody say day and night. Day and night. Not Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Day and night. They never cease to say and sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of God Almighty, 
who was and is and is to come. You might say, well, Jamie, those are heavenly beings. Come on, man. <laughs> come on. I got, stuff, I got a job. I got stuff I got to do. Like, I'm just a human. I'm not a heavenly being. Well, let's just keep going in the text. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who's seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, there's 24 elders. These are human beings. 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and God. You are worthy to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. It's the start of a new year, so I'm going to quote Tozer. A.W. Tozer wrote, Worship is the normal employment of human beings. Worship is the normal thing we're actually just supposed to do. It's not the extra thing. It's not the Sunday morning thing. It's not the maybe for the committed who come on Wednesday night worship, right? It's actually the normal employment of human beings. So this is our heart, and really of all the priorities, this is kind of a, it's, it's the first priority, but it's also kind of like an umbrella priority for all the rest. But uh, if we see him as he is, we will see us as we are. And all will be well in that moment when we are worshiping. challenge of this, of course, is that um, this side of heaven, this side of seeing Jesus face to face in a perfected body, in lungs that never get tired, and vocal cords that can sing all day, every day at the top and at the lowest bottoms, Prior to that happening, our bodies get tired and we get distracted and our hearts grow cold. I want to be honest about that, right? I mean, that's how I feel. I enter into corporate worship spaces at times and my heart is not zealously intentional for God. And I think we naturally feel that in churches. And it seems to me you've got two choices to quote-unquote solve that. Number one, you just make a better performance of your music. Well, people are not feeling worship, so we just should just do it better. Well, people are not feeling worship, so we should just make it louder. Oh, people are not feeling worship, so we should just turn the lights off or turn the lights on or get a new worship leader or get a new pastor, get a new room, get better chairs, Get better coffee. I can do this all day. <laughs> That's the first option. Oh, worship is cold in our church. It's cold in my heart. I should just go somewhere where the worship's better. That's one option. You want to know what the biblical option is? <laughs> the second option? Because actually that's a sub-biblical, unbiblical approach towards worship. The biblical option is not an external Sort of, I just need to go somewhere that will make me feel worship. It is actually a supernatural internal work of the Spirit within me. 
when I see Jesus and the gospel of Christ and I realize once again that he is the Holy One and I am not and I bow. And if my heart is not there, it's a gospel problem and it's an eyesight problem. If I'm not ready to, let me say that again because I don't think y'all are hearing. If I'm not ready to worship, it's my fault. (laughs) Because for whatever reason, I think I'm still worshiping me or I don't see him as he truly is. Are y'all hearing me this morning? What you need to worship the Father in spirit and in truth has been provided for you at the cross and resurrection of Jesus and by the indwelling Holy Spirit. You do not need music to worship. I've said this. Man, if, if, uh, if the songs were just older, I could worship. If the songs were just newer, I could worship. They're faster, slower, louder, softer. All of that is window dressing. What you need has been provided for you in Christ. It is him nailed to the cross for your sin that draws the heart to go, yes, thank you. And when I'm not ready to worship, it's because I don't see him on the cross dying in my place for my sin. I think I'm the God that needs to be served rather than he. So this is what we're asking this year under this priority as a church family. And I I want to ask you all to pray with us all year. Number one, for hunger for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. To, To acknowledge the fact, hey, there are times where I'm cold and I am not hungry for more of Jesus. So can we as a church family in 2022 pray for each other and ourselves that the Holy Spirit would pour out an obsessive hunger for Jesus. Let's ask him for that. Because you can't, you can't muster that up. You can't be like, I sure wish I was hungry for Jesus right now. No, that doesn't, doesn't work. So asking for hunger. I want to encourage you, and I'm going to ask you, to pray every day this year that we as a church family would be hungry for Jesus. And we would see him and we would see our sin and we would see the exchange and the gospel and we would worship him in gratefulness for this. And then secondly, and this is not really a prayer, it's a byproduct of that. When a church family is hungry for Jesus, the natural byproduct is unity. Talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Another Tozer quote. That when, when a church family is looking at Jesus and running hard after Jesus, worshiping Jesus, they become closer to one another. I've said this. People have prophesied it. It's coming in 2022. The enemy's strategy for MCC in 2022 is disunity. And when a church family is disunified, if you show me a church that's disunified, I will show you a church that's not hungry for Jesus. The antidote to disunity is not suck up and bear it. 
The antidote for disunity is worship. So let's pray for hunger. Okay, I want to give a chance for other people to share um, on each of the, these priorities. I want to give just a little bit of time to share. Anybody want to respond to that? Add to, share something, ask a question, anything? The mic is open. This is going to be a sharing Sunday. And if we sit here for 15 minutes in silence, it will not bother me one bit, just so you know. But somebody's supposed to share. Come on up, Burr. We got, we got the online people. They want to hear your melodious voice, Burr. <laughs> right here. Right there. Yeah, my thought was, you know, how do we develop this hunger? Yeah. And uh, it really can't be manufactured, but the thought came to me was that confession is a first yeah. step. That's good. We really need to bow in repentance and seek God's uh, uh, spirit to meet us. And uh, he has the power that will satisfy our, our hunger. I love that. Burr, stay up here. This is what I'd like for us to do. Uh, let's pray. And I would like for you to lead us out. We're going to have a prayer of confession, repentance, and asking for hunger. Will you lead us? Well, Father, we do desire more of you, more of your spirit, more of the presence of Jesus Christ. And Father, I sense in myself a lack of hunger for that, a lack of focus. And I thank you, Father, that you can fill that need to motivate me to bow before you, to open my heart, and to hear your voice. And I thank you, I thank you, Father, for your forgiveness that I have not really established you as the priority that you deserve. I thank you. I praise you, Father, that you are a God who answers prayers. Father, I thank you that your desire that we see Jesus and come by grace through faith in his life, death, burial, and resurrection to you. Thank you that your desire for that is infinitely greater than our desire. And I thank you that when we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we rejoice in you. And we ask Holy Spirit for more hunger here in this place. For more zeal for Jesus.
for more awareness of the depth of our sin that is covered by the love of Christ. We ask for more. We ask for more. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Burr. Thank you. I don't have my cell phone with me. We got an online person? Yeah, Dennis Spurgeon's sharing. Also, a hunger for the application of God's Word to our daily life. Absolutely. 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 Thank you, Dennis. Okay. Uh, Let's look at priority number two. If you've been here for any amount of time, from September to this point, you will recognize the words on the screen. We've been in a series on spiritual gifts. Second priority that we felt from the Father is uh, this phrase, gifted and going for it. And that is a desire to equip our entire church family in spiritual gifts. Our theme verse that we've been talking through is 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Uh, Paul writes, pursue love and earnestly desire, be intentionally zealous for, be um, aggressively asking for and using your spiritual gifts, especially if you have to choose one, if you're going to go after one of these, especially that you may prophesy. Two other passages that I want to put up here are from Paul writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. Paul writes, to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.14, he says, uh, Big Tim, he didn't really say that, but I'm just thinking, uh, Tim, do not neglect the gift you have, which tells me that it is entirely possible to neglect your spiritual gifts. Not only entirely possible, uh, especially if you're in doing kingdom stuff like Timothy. I mean, he's establishing elders in Ephesus. I mean, Timothy, Timothy is actively like doing kingdom stuff. And he's neglecting his gift. Are y'all seeing that in the text? <clears throat> okay. That's, that's, that's just bonus. That's, just, that's not even the notes. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophecy. <laughs> There's that word again. When the council of elders laid their hands on you. So when the elders of the church came and laid hands on you and prophesied, this is the gift that the Father is giving to you, Timothy. Do not neglect that gift. Can you imagine having that kind of encounter and then neglecting that gift? Apparently, Timothy struggles with this. In 2 Timothy, the next letter that Paul writes, 2 Timothy 1, 6-7, Big Tim, let me remind you, to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So now a different encounter. Through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. The goals of this series and of this priority are that we would uh, lay a biblical foundation for the use of spiritual gifts at MCC. That we would empower MCC to fan into flame her gifts that we would encourage MCC to earnestly desire more gifts, that we would release MCC members to use their gifts for building up the church 
and advancing the gospel. So I'm not going to say a whole lot. We've been talking about that, but just a couple of things that are standing out that I want to remind us of. The importance of everyone in the family is gifted uniquely, and we all need to be functioning or the body doesn't work. If you are a member of MCC and you are not using your gifts, that means that our body, there's like a, there's like a, a foot that's not working. We're, try, we're trying to walk on like a stub leg. Right? And we need everybody's gifts working together. Not just people up on stage. Not just people who you think, oh, that person's really gifted. No, you are gifted. <laughs> Fan it into flame. <laughs> Ask for more. And use it. Go for it. That's one. Everyone gets to play. Two, we're trying to create a, a space here at MCC where people can practice these gifts. That's a, it's a safe place to practice and learn and mess up and get it right and get correction when you mess up. And a safe place where people can learn how to use their gifts. And then thirdly, the importance of kiddos and students also fanning into flame their gifts. That this is not an adult activity only. But it's for our kids as well. So I want to encourage you, those two items, worship, spiritual gifts, there's a convergence of those two on Wednesday nights. So I encourage you to come on Wednesday nights. Come and worship and come as we activate spiritual gifts and we practice different gifts each Wednesday night. Dennis, Raz, and I, other leaders, we, we pray and ask the Lord, what do, we, what do you want us to do this night? And then we worship, and then we activate gifts. So come. Come. 7 o'clock, Wednesday night. We'll st we're starting back up this Wednesday. Okay. Questions, comments, anything that people want to share? We've been talking about 1 Corinthians 14. says, when you come together, everyone has a lesson or a revelation or a tongue or an interpretation or a prophetic word. So if anybody has anything they feel like they, they're supposed to share, you're welcome to come. Hi, Krista. Okay, so in my time <clears throat> this morning, I was just thinking about um, God and when uh, Moses said, show me your glory, mm -hmm. and he says, I'll make all my goodness pass before you, yeah. and then he says, um, the Lord is good and, and merciful and, and long-suffering and patient, and, um, and then I thought to myself, wow, that sounds a lot like what the fruits of the Spirit are. Mm. Um, fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Goodness, meekness, long-suffering, all those mm. fruits of the Spirit. Mm. And then I said, wow, God just put himself in me. That's what he did. And so that's why I can say I'm strong in the Lord, because he's put himself in me. And um, that's that Christ in, in me, the hope of glory. So that was what I got this morning. That's awesome. That's awesome, Krista. Yeah. That's good. I had never seen that connection with the fruit of the Spirit. That's really good. 
really, really good. Anybody else? Yeah, Sarah, come on. Here a picture I felt like when we were sitting in that time of silence that Burr, sorry, closer. Yep. Um, that time of silence that people I think were really confessing and repenting mm -hmm. and we just sat in that. I just definitely saw um, like liquid gold kind of like covering, like seeping into like the floors and the walls, like mm -hmm. changing our worship space more into like the throne room because our hearts were changing in that moment. Mm. So I just felt the change in the, in the room after that. So I think he was really pleased with our heart posture mm -hmm. during that moment. So mm -hmm. thank you Bert, for starting that. That's good, that's good affirmation. Thanks, Sarah. That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we're uncomfortable with silence. Jesus is not. Go ahead, sorry, am I stealing your thunder? No, I was just, okay. I was just making your point for yeah. you. <laughs> Um, you were talking about how uh, the, the um, you know, finding a different church and, mm. and you, know, you know, so th there's this story that Sammy and I tell us the punchline of this story to each other all the time. Because we have friends and uh, they're from Texas, Stephen and Dora. They're amazing, I imagine. Oh, do, yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're great. Because they're from Texas. Oh, Sorry. right. And so he worked at a mega church here in town that does a, a Super Bowl Sunday service, right? Mm -hmm. and, and there's like, I mean, this is like, there's people tailgating in the parking lot, there's popcorn and hot dogs, there's clowns, there's, they're throwing football across the stage, like, it's just like a spectacle, like, it's like a circus. Um, and early on in their marriage, uh, the first time Dora's father-in-law, so Stephen's parents, came to visit, they, you know, it was Super Bowl Sunday, and so there, you can imagine a, a little Texas Baptist church, what, what, what that's like. And she was just really nervous, and she just said, you know, she leaned over to him in the service and said, you know, they're playing like Queen or something, you know, this, this isn't how it normally is, you know, this is, this is just like a once a year thing. And he says, Dora, I can worship my God anywhere. Nice. And I thought that really <laughs> reflects the spirit of a worshiper. Absolutely. 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 That's good. That's good, Michael. That's good. If I got anybody online. Dennis Beausejour. Hey, D. Good to see you, man. He writes, let's develop our gifts and use them lavishly to bless others. I'm eager to see how God will use every single one of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's pray for this priority. <clears throat> let's pray for... Um, creativity as a church family like what does it mean for us each as a family to fan into flame our gifts we want, to, we want to pray for that kind of creativity and I just want to share one of the things that I'm doing this year but like the father said to me very clearly that I was to fan into flame the gift of prophecy in my life so what I'm going to do um, <laughs> he asked me to prophesy to one person every single day this year So as a part of my devotional time, I'm spending the time with him, 
I'm expecting him to, who am I supposed to bless today? Uh, so, you know, 365 days, some of y'all are going to get it this year. I can tell you that right now. But that, that's, that's Jamie saying, I want to obey the word. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you would prophesy. For Jamie, at least a portion of that looks like every single day I will share a prophetic word. Who, who would like to pray for our church family with regard to spiritual gifts? Would you come on up, Mr. Steve? <clears throat> and give everybody your name just so they know who you are. I'm Steve Cates. I'm Charlotte Haynes' father from mm -hmm. China, Maine. Um, recently lost my wife. Um, I counted a privilege to be able to share this because um, as far as um, bravery, I can, I can tend to be timid, um, but what's been shared here today resonates with me. Um, I was going to share uh, something a moment ago, but I was timid, so now that I'm up here, I guess I can share it. Get it. Go, Steve. Um, with the... Um, the baggage that many of us come with uh, to the Lord, um, even in spite of my baggage, one of the things that God gave me this picture of uh, years ago was this whole thing about us as Christians that um, we, in a way, especially as uh, fathers and husbands in our homes, um, that um, we are protectors. We're like the wall that is around those that we are responsible for. Mm -hmm. And just like back when um, the Israelites had returned uh, after their captivity and they were rebuilding the wall, um, the men had to have a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other hand. Mm -hmm. And their charge was that if they had any point in the wall where there was a break that they were overcome, that they were to cry out or blow a horn or, or cry out for help. And one of the pictures that that gave me was the importance of us as, as men and as leaders of our homes is that if I have a breach in my um, uh, purity, that because of the sake of my family, I have to cry out to those men that are with me also for help. Because if I don't uh, take responsibility to, to uh, mm -hmm. repair that breach, uh, it affects everybody that's within me. Mm -hmm. and, and this has been a very poignant lesson uh, for me. And God has uh, graciously um, protected our family mm -hmm. in spite of all the regular temptations that we go through as men. And, but carrying it further with what um, you're sharing, um, we're also called to even go beyond that. We're called to not only uh, be protective in keeping ourselves as pure as we know how with the help of our brethren, but this this whole thing about developing our spiritual gifts is also part of the whole program God has 
for blessing our families. And um, I, I just get a real <laughs> resonance with my spirit that, um, that this is something that he wants us to reach out of our comfort zones. Mm. Um, and I, I'm from Maine, you know, from a very humble situation. Um, and um, sometimes we put limitations on what we think is possible. Yep. God wants us to be able to step out of our comfort zones. He wants to show himself strong. Yep. He wants to, he said, I came to give you life and to give it more abundantly. And there is no limit to what he can do if we put ourselves in a situation where we have to have his help because it is beyond what our own abilities are. And um, that is where faith comes in. And that is where God is pleased for us to purposely put ourselves in a position where we have to have his help. Right. We have to have it. Right. Um, and and uh, amen to what is being said here. This is good stuff. This is food. Uh, we need this. Yeah. And praise God. I am so grateful. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> will you will you bless us from the Northeast, from Maine? Will you pray over our church family for, for spiritual gifts and all that, whatever you're... Father God, what a privilege it is to come before you because you are so gracious and so powerful and you want to do far beyond what we can even begin to think or imagine. You are so good. And how many times in our lives have we been in situations where except for your grace, who knows what could have happened to us and to our families, Lord. You have covered every detail of our lives, Lord. And even in the passing of my wife, God, we have mm -hmm. been overwhelmed. And even when we were in the hospital, we were brought to the point of tears because we saw how you cared for every little detail, mm -hmm. even up to the point of my wife's passing. Mm -hmm. She essentially had no pain, and you just had her pass gently, and I was there beside her, and the circumstances and everything worked out perfectly, God. And you know why you did that. You know, had she continued on and we done operations, we don't know what would have happened, Lord, later on. But God, I pray that you would stretch us all. Help us to be stretched in our faith towards you. Help us as men and women with the responsibilities for everybody that we come in contact with. Help us to understand that we need you. We need you not only for salvation, but we need you for continuation in growth and in expanding. Lord, in Isaiah 54, you give a challenge. You said, Sing, O barren, you who did not bear. Break forth and sing and cry aloud, you childless widow. He challenges us to expand our tents, stretch our curtains wide, make our cords strong, for you shall break forth from the right and from the left and cause deserted cities to be inhabited, Lord. We have no idea what you have in store for us, O oh God, 
if we cry out to you with all of our hearts and beseech you for these gifts and seek to understand mm. the, the format, the way that you have designed your church to work, Lord. When you gave Moses the commands and the instructions for the tabernacle, you said, see that you make everything in this tabernacle exactly the way I have told you. Mm. And when you do, I will come and I will inhabit that tabernacle. Help us to perceive and understand what this means, God. You have instructions for your church for how your church is to be because it's the way that you have ordained it because it is done in perfection and it is done so that we don't rely on ourselves but we rely collectively on each other and we beseech God for each other with all of our prayers. This is for the ministry and this is for the equipping of the saints. You are so good, God, and your goodness is so far beyond what we can even begin to imagine that you say, try me, test me, and see if I will not pour out, I will pour out the floodgates of heaven and bless you. So, Lord, help us to perceive everything that is happening here. You are using this humble church, Lord, for your work, and there is no limit to what you can do, God. Mm if we cry out to you with all our hearts and submit ourselves to you. Help us to be expanded. Help us to love and understand the depth and the joy and the promises of what you have for each and every one of us. You see our desires. You have put them there for a purpose. You see the longings of our hearts. Oh, God. You care for every single person. In spite of how you may feel about yourself, God loves you, has a plan for you, and wants to bless you. Praise you, Lord Jesus, for your unspeakable gift. In your mighty name we ask. Amen. 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 Thank you, Steve. Thank you. All right, third priority, we're entitling, Who's Next? Who's Next? And um, in many ways, um, this is birthed out of um, well, it's obviously birthed what the Father is doing, but it's also being modeled for us uh, in, in Dennis Bowe's humility and leadership here. I just want to make sure, I've said this, I'm going to say it again. I've been, in, I've been serving in churches for 20 plus years. I have not ever, ever, and it's not close, seen a senior leader function the way Dennis has to just hand over leadership to the next generation with humility and grace. I have never seen it. And what's exciting about that is that humble heart because D is, has served and is serving as a leader here, that heart is available for this entire church. 
a heart that says, I'm really gifted. God has gifted me. It really ties into the previous program. I'm gifted in very specific ways. I have a lot of capacity and competency to do things in the kingdom. But if I only ever just do stuff and I never develop the next generation to also do what I can do, then I'm not really doing kingdom work. That's the heart of this priority. Whatever you do for the kingdom, whatever it is, and it could be outside this church family, whatever you do in the kingdom, whatever you are gifted at in the kingdom, find somebody to come alongside you and train them how to do the exact same thing. That's the culture of that priority. So if you serve here in the church and you're leading a ministry, the heart behind this priority is that none of us leads a ministry by ourselves. We're always developing. Who's next to do this? Who's next to take the baton here? Who's next? The people sitting on the sidelines not using their gifts, let's, let's get them involved. So it has that heart to it. It also has very strongly, I put up here Judges chapter 2. This is the sort of the preface to all of the judge cycles that happen in the book of Judges where the people of God rebel against God. Uh, judgment comes. They uh, experience uh, persecution, uh, enslavement at times uh, from enemies. They cry out to God. God sends a judge and then they're restored, and then they rebel again. And there's this constant cycle. And the prelude to that is the death of Joshua and the elders. The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great work that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua died at the age of 110. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done. Israel. This is why we're looking for a next generation pastor. So that our children and our students are being developed in spiritual gifts. All the stuff that we're talking about. It's entirely possible that the, 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 the next elders and senior pastor of MCC after me are in our children's program. Is that surprising to anyone? <laughs> it's entirely possible that downstairs are, are the next elders of our church. That's how it's supposed to be. By the way, is Katie in the room? Katie Smith? After this service, I would like for all of you to go to this door that goes downstairs and to walk down the stairs and see what Katie and her team have done for our kiddos when they get to go down into the children's ministry. It is unbelievable. And I'm going to try to embarrass Katie in the second service if she's in here. And there's more to come, Burr says. Papa says over here. So, uh, (laughs) Katie is working with our students, helping our students understand their identity in Christ, that they are sons and daughters, royal sons and daughters. Okay. So please, after this, go to that door that goes downstairs and just check out the stairwell and understand there's more to come. Okay, I need to pray for that. Um,
Manny, hey, do you want to pray for the kids and the students of this church to grow to know Jesus better? You want to come pray? You want to sit right here? That's what I'm talking about. You got it? Awesome. Okay, will you just pray for the kids and the students of this church to grow to know Jesus more, okay? Or whatever you want to pray. You can pray whatever you want to pray. You don't even need to know their names. Just pray for them. Okay, I'll say the words, okay? You ready? Jesus. Jesus. I pray for all the kids of this church. I pray for all the kids of this church. Help them to grow to know you. Help them to grow to know you. And be strong. And be strong. And gracious. And gracious. And kind. And kind. And ferocious. In the kingdom. In the kingdom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> okay. I wish we had more time. We're going to need a three hour service coming up. Some of you all na- laughing nervously. Might be true. Okay, let's, last one, lead open-handed. Lead an open-handed, which is, I just felt like the Father was saying that we need to resist a spirit of control. The natural human response, the natural human response when things are unsteady or you're feeling anxious about something or things are in transition or anything called 2020 and 2021 (laughs) The natural human response is to try to control the things around us to make ourselves think that we're safe and secure. And by the way, churches do the exact same thing. We heard the Father say that he intentionally is asking uh, MCC to walk like this. Which means, when we walk into a worship service, it's okay if he does something different. We don't have to control it. And in a staff meeting, in an elders meeting, we talk about the fact that we want to be like this to the Lord. He can do whatever he wants to do. And we're not just saying it, like we're actually, we're actually living that out. He can do whatever he wants to do. The scripture passage, I'm not going to read all of this. You know this passage. Paul, he's on his missionary journey. He is planning to go to Asia to share the gospel. And the Bible says that he was forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. He had a plan. He got his committee. He got, you know, the team was there. They all prayed about it. This is what the Lord said. This is what we're going to do. We're going to Asia. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit forbid him. Many churches would have just gone to Asia anyway because we made a plan. Are you all hearing me this morning? 
Most pastors would have just gone to Asia because we said we were going to go to Asia. Many worship services are going to go exactly the way because we wrote it down on the sheet. We got to do it this way. The kingdom is not this way. The Father, the father is happy to go, change your plans, boys. Sorry, girls, we're going this way. And he wants kids that go, okay. So we're, we're being called as a church family to lead open-handed. And then Paul has a dream. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Macedonia wasn't the plan for Paul, but it was the plan for the Father. So plans change. When the Father says change, we change. So that, that's the fourth priority and really is a, is a culture piece. Final thing that I'm going to say, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to be dismissed. And I'm, I'm going to invite Paul up just, just as we're praying. I was praying this morning, thinking about these things. I saw a picture from the Father. It was a church member, a female church member. I'm not going to name the person because it's... The, the vision I find out later is for the church. It's not for this individual person. Because in my whole fanning into flame, I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to prophesy to this person. He said, no, it's for the church. I saw a vision. I saw this individual, a female in our church family. She was wearing this giant comfy sweater, like sweatshirt thing. You know, those like comfy sweatshirts that like you can pull down like here, you know? It's like super comfy. She had glasses on. Her hair was like bunned up, glasses on, and she had a mug in her hand. She was smiling. She was comfortable. She was loving it. And I saw Jesus next to this woman, this church member. And I saw her, and she was like this. And Jesus was just standing, and there was like a gap there. And then she like leaned in, and it became one of those moving gifs. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like one scene, and then another scene, and another scene. And it was her smiling like this, and Jesus over there. And she like leaned in, and then leaned back out. And the expression stayed exactly the same when she was with Jesus and away from Jesus. I looked at that, and it was kind of creepy looking, because it's like, and Jesus was staying put, and she was like, I was like, oh boy, this is going to be, 2022 is going to be weird, trying to share that with people. This is what I heard from the Lord. It represents the worship and the heart of MCC with Jesus. But sometimes we feel really close to him. And then we go back and we just keep smiling. And we have like this protective shell covering where we pretend like being away from Jesus and with Jesus is the same. And I heard him say, I have, Christianity is not some picture pose with me but it is an intimate embrace. He said, I'm not looking for plastic religion. 
But I saw this picture. It's kind of freaking me out. I said, Jesus, what do you want to do? I saw her lean in. And then he just embraced her. And I could see the frozen picture broke. And she put her head on his chest. She wasn't looking to see what do people think about me anymore. It wasn't posing like social media. But her head was against the breast of Jesus, and she stayed there. I heard Jesus say, you all experience some intimacy and closeness with me, but then you move away and you smile and you're frozen. So allow me to embrace you, church. Don't worry about the way you will look to others. Christianity is not a picture pose, but an intimate embrace. Allow me to remove the protective shell that's around you. You think it's protecting you, but it is hindering your ability to experience me fully. It's called control. This is the shell. This is the lid. This control, it's a protective covering that's actually hindering you. So lean in and keep leaning in to me, says Jesus. Come to me and don't worry about the optics. Plastic religion is not what I've made you for, MCC. And I want to be honest, like, there's a reason we hold Jesus at a distance Some of it is hurt from family. It's hard to embrace God as father when you had a a difficult father. And some of us hold Jesus at a distance because we've been hurt by churches. It's hard to get into a family that worships God and be all in when you've been hurt by churches, maybe even the church you're in. But I feel like Jesus is saying, don't be fake, no plastic, no no walls, no try to protect yourself. Lean in on Jesus. So you stand with me. Let's just enter into a time of prayer. There's no coercion, there's no control, there's no manipulation here. But I want to encourage you, if you can feel, you can feel that plastic, you can feel that covering, you can feel that separation between you and Jesus, I'm going to ask you to picture Jesus right now and to run right into his arms and to receive healing. So Jesus, as a church family, we come to you. We do not want to be plastic with you. We do not want to be plastic with each other. We do not want to cover ourselves thinking it is safety 
but it's hindering ourselves from you. So Father, I ask that you will awaken bravery and courage to lean in on Jesus in 2022. We dedicate this year to you. We dedicate this church to you. We dedicate our kids and our students to you. We dedicate all of our services, all of our small groups. We are leaning in to you. And finally, Father, as we are dismissed, we lift up our brother Steve Sessler to you. We just heard that we need to intercede for him. So we speak to his lungs and we command life now in Jesus' name. Lungs be healed. Pneumonia be eradicated. Leave his lungs now. Bless the doctors and those that are serving with clarity, efficiency. Bless Judy with peace. My bless Steve with healing right now in Jesus' name. Full recovery. In Jesus' name. So, Father, we ask again, would you show us your glory? We give you this year. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Church family, you are dismissed. Be at peace. Be at peace.